This is Trek FM. Hellwing frequencies open. This is your Trek FM Hyper Channel for Saturday, May 24th, 2014. I'm Christopher Jones, and we have two stories for you today. Moore and Braga look back at all good things 20 years later, and J.K. Woodward shares his art process for the city on the edge of forever. Before we jump into the stories, though, I did want to let you know that we had an unexpected day off yesterday, so there was no Hyper Channel for May 23rd. Nothing's wrong with your feeds. I considered a slingshot around the sun to fix the timeline, but instead, I thought we'd just keep moving forward from here. It seems a little bit easier, plus, you know, I can't remember all the variables and do the calculations in my head. Now, the first story. On the 20th anniversary of the airing of TNG's finale, All Good Things, writers Ronald D. Moore and Brandon Braga sat down with Dave Nimitz at Yahoo TV to reminisce about the writing of the episode and the hectic times that surrounded it. It's really hard to believe that two decades have passed since Q sent Picard hopping through time. And still, at least in my opinion, perhaps no TV series has topped this finale. Now, this is from an article, as I mentioned, by Dave Nimitz on tv.yahoo.com. Friday, May 23rd, marked the 20th anniversary of the airing of All Good Things, which was shown on May 23rd, 1994. It's really, really hard for me to believe that it's been two decades because I can remember exactly where I was when this episode came on, the excitement building up to the airing, being with my friends, gathering together to watch the episode, barbecuing out back before it came on. Actually, we did that. And then watching it and thinking, wow, this is just an amazing story. And I can't imagine any better way for a TV series to end, especially a series like The Next Generation, which was really firing on all cylinders at that point. So 20 years have passed, and Yahoo TV reached out to Moore and Braga to talk to them about the finale. And Nemitz said in his article that both Moore and Braga seemed surprised to learn that it's been 20 years since it first aired. And You might think that's strange because they wrote it, but, you know, I didn't realize it either. I mean, I knew, but it it didn't hit me. And so I can understand the same for them. Plus, they're so busy now with other things. And it's something they wrote so long ago. But yet it endures. And interestingly, they both say that they have not watched the episode in the two decades since it aired. Now, they talked to Yahoo about how they landed the coveted assignment, the comedic subplot that didn't make it into the final script, and why they think all good things turned out so much better than Star Trek Generations did. And this is interesting because this is something that I know a lot of people feel, that Generations disappointed in many ways as a film And All Good Things was so good that it could have been the movie, and maybe it would have been a better movie. The comment, now this is a really long article, by the way, so I'm going to pull out just a couple of things here to share with you, and then give you the link, so you can go over and read the entire piece. It's very lengthy. 
One thing that Ronald D. Moore said in this discussion is that the great irony of it all is we spent a year on generations and all good things we wrote in a month. And Brennan Braga says, here's the problem. Generations was not a next generation film. First contact was. Generations was a Kirk Picard film. So there were many masters to serve on that movie. And quite frankly, I don't think it had a good concept driving it. The concept of the two captains sounded good, but they ended up scrambling eggs together, which isn't exactly the most riveting climax you can imagine. But the concept for all good things was far more, I felt, cinematic than the actual movie we made. And as I have heard many people say, all good things would have made a great movie. And I think they're right. It's the better script because it's more pure. Now, these are things I've actually heard them say before in different places. And another great place to hear about this process directly from Ronald D. Moore and Brandon Braga is on Larry Nemechik's Trekland on Speaker CD, Volume 2, which is called All Good Things, Words, and Deeds. Now, Larry has just a wealth of interviews in his archives. A lot of this stuff's never been released before. And we've actually been working on CDs, and Larry and I have been putting together these CDs to share with everyone the interviews uh, that, that were recorded as audio, mainly for Larry to use as he's writing, because he used to be the editor of Communicator, as many of you know. And, and, and now he's pulling out the actual recordings to share with everyone. And he sat down with both Ron and Brennan at the time they were writing All Good Things, if I remember correctly, it's like the the episode has been shot and cut, and Larry had even seen a screening of it, but it hadn't aired yet. And it's really, really interesting to hear both Ron and Brandon talk about the process right there on the spot. And then when I read this article here on Yahoo, I'm seeing I'm I'm hearing a lot of the same uh, ideas that they expressed, maybe at the time, but at the time, of course, they were more excited about it because it was right in the moment. So it would be great to read the Yahoo piece and then go pick up Larry's CD as well to hear on-the-spot commentary of the process. It's very, very interesting. That CD, by the way, also contains an interview with Michael Piller and one with Rick Colby. It's always interesting to hear directly from the mouths of the creators themselves. So again, this is a really long piece on Yahoo. I'll put a link in the show notes on the show page for this episode of Hyper Channel. And you can go read it. It's on Yahoo TV, tv tv.yahoo.com. Very interesting piece. And tell us, I would like to know, where were you when All Good Things aired? And what are your memories of it? And also, do you agree with Moore and Braga that Generations didn't quite live up to its promise while All Good Things was more pure? And would it have made a better movie? I'm really curious to know what you think. Hit us up in social media. On Twitter, our username is TrekFM. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash TrekFM or on G+. Or you can hit me up as well on Twitter. My username is C Brian Jones, the letter C, and Brian with a Y. And I'd love to talk to you about this there as well. Now, our second story is about the artist J.K. Woodward, 
Harlan Ellison, IDW, and The City on the Edge of Forever. Now, as you probably know by now, in August, IDW and Harlan Ellison will bring us the graphic novel adaptation of Ellison's original script for The City on the Edge of Forever. Now, this is a famous episode. It's possibly the most famous episode in Star Trek. But what we saw on screen is actually not Harlan Ellison's original vision for the episode. In fact, it's there was a protracted legal battle even about this over the years, unfortunately. IDW is going to show us the original script. Now, this has been available as a book in the past. I mean, it's not the first time that you can get your hands on the original script. But J.K. Woodward is really bringing it to life in art as part of this graphic novel. And the artwork that has been revealed thus far is really a fitting stylistic take on the story that became one of the most memorable moments of TOS. And this story that I'm referring to today in the news is over on the Trek Collective, which I've mentioned to you before. It's a fantastic website if you want to keep up with collectibles, but also with books and comics and and what's going on there. The article itself is the Trek Collective's roundup of IDW's August comics. And it includes samples and cover images from part two of the Q Gambit that's going to be coming up, which puts Q in the Abrams verse, which I told you about a few days ago. Also, John Byrne's second New Vision photo comic, Times Echo. But what really interested me most in this article is a link over to J.K. Woodward's own blog where he shares a step-by-step demonstration of his process for creating one page of the graphic novel. Through images, Woodward takes you through how he works with reference photos, masking, backgrounds, shadow detail, mid and foreground coloring, and then unmasking. And it's, it's really interesting, of course, for me as a creative, I'm a designer, that's really what my career has been over the years, And just as someone who appreciates how creative work comes together, you know, I love with TV or movies, I love the behind the scenes features on DVDs and Blu-rays because I love seeing how these things come together. And so the same goes for comics and graphic novels. And this in particular is just really, it's really nice work stylistically. It's very different than what you're accustomed to. It's nothing like the Star Trek ongoing comics that they've been doing, which have also been excellent. But seeing how Woodward is actually putting this together, I almost think that even if you're on the fence about this and you don't know if you want to pick up The City on the Edge of Forever coming from IDW, you may want to after you see the work that's going into it. So I'll put a link in the show notes to take you directly over to Woodward's blog where you can see this. And Tell me, I want to know, do you plan to pick up the graphic novel adaptation of the original City script? And if you do go over to the blog and you and you look at the artwork that Woodward has shared, does seeing this process make you more interested in reading the final product? Let me know. As I mentioned in the last story, you can find us on Twitter, Trek Film, Facebook G+, or hit me up personally. Would love to hear what you think about this as well. Now, I do have a network update for you before we close out the show here. We have two new shows for you today, one for those planning road trips, 
or at least space trips around the galaxy, and one for fans of Enterprise and food. First up is Commentary Trek Stars, where Mike and Max are joined by Steve Roberts of Tribbles and Ecstasy to continue their series on the work of Larry Nemechek. If you're not familiar with Commentary Trek Stars, by the way, this is a show on our network where Mike and Max will choose a creator and then do a series, usually five or six shows in a row about that creator, different things that they've worked on usually outside of Trek. Now, this one does have to do with Star Trek, with it being Larry Nemechek's work. But they've also done, for example, uh, they had Cliff Bull, who sadly passed away a few months ago. But they looked at Cliff Bull's work on the X-Files rather than Star Trek. So it's it's a way of, of exploring the work of Star Trek creators beyond Trek. Well, in this episode, they do take a look at Larry's book, Stellar Cartography, which just came out last year, and they discussed the artistry of the maps, the dense knowledge contained in the text, and how Steve is using the collection to teach his six-year-old about Star Trek. Now, the second show we have is Warp 5, and this week I'm joined by actress Crystal Allen, who played the Orion slave girl Dinesh in the fourth season Enterprise episode Bound. And Crystal and I talk about getting into acting, her pre-acting career, as a dancer and model, how she landed the role of Dinesh, and what it was like working on the set of Enterprise, and we even discuss her love of cooking. You'll find both of these episodes in your feeds right now if you subscribe to the individual feeds for Commentary Trek Stars and Warp 5, or to the Trek FM Complete Master Feed. And you can also catch them in all your favorite podcast sources. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, we're on Spreaker, Swell, Blackberry pretty much everywhere. And you can go to our website also and stream there or grab the RSS link and drop that into your favorite podcatcher. Well, that's our look at the news for today. If you're streaming the show from our website, remember that you can have it delivered directly to your device of choice by subscribing to the Hyper Channel show feed or to the Trek of Film Complete Master Feed, which contains every episode of every show and some other special audio content as well. We'd love to chat with you about these stories also, or anything you want to talk about in the world of Star Trek. So find us on Twitter under username TrekFM, on Facebook at facebook.com slash TrekFM, on Google+, just search communities for Trek.FM and you'll find us. And if you prefer traditional forums, you'll find those on our website as well at Trek.FM slash forums. Again, I'm Christopher Jones, and you can find me on Twitter under username C, Brian Jones, the letter C, and Brian with a Y. And I'd love to talk to you as well. Well, thanks for listening today, everyone, and I'll be back tomorrow with some more stories. Until then, go watch some Trek. <laughs>